Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Welcome to Revolution, everybody. Glad you're here. Also glad everyone online is here. Thanks for listening, wherever you're at. We've been gone for two weeks. <clears throat> That's why last week we put up Pete Rollins' sermon from New York. You know, Pete Rollins draws the, the listeners in <laughs> with his lovely, beautiful Irish accent and his talk of nonsense. I can say that because... We're BFFs. Um, yeah, so we got knocked out by the snow two weeks ago. All, I think, I mean, it felt like it was 20 inches, but I think it was only like 15, but it was higher than my snowblower, which is uh, really weird because now there's no snow anywhere next to my house, and I couldn't even get, I couldn't get my car. I couldn't drive anywhere because I drive a Prius, and so if you get an inch of snow, you're stuck. So 15 inches of snow really knocks you down. Sorry, I got this thing I'm supposed to be doing. I forgot about, so I had to text somebody. Um, yeah, so that's that was that. And then last week was fun. We... Uh, Twin Tower, twin, what is it, Twin Cities Music, or Twin, Twin Town, had their big guitar, or not, I guess, just guitars, but big, what do they call it, big recital of all the kids and stuff who play and learn music, so they had that in here last week, so we weren't here two weeks in a row, um, so I got a break. And uh, that was nice. But yeah, so there you go. That was catching catching everybody up where we've been. Um, today, so when I was preparing this week's sermon, um, one of the thoughts I had in my mind was what would be a talk that I'd want my, my kids to hear, the first hear, you know. And I always come back to my original, one of my original talks. And um, Milo was supposed to come to church with me last week and the week before, but <laughs> he didn't. And then today he had a play date, so he wasn't able to make it. Um, so kind of this talk is, I think, one I gave the first service. And uh, so I'm going to try to look at it differently and should make for an interesting Q&A afterwards. Um, I'm in Ephesians. If you brought your Bibles with you, just to see so many people did. <laughs> the rustling of the pages. Hundreds of pages rustling. Um Ephesians 2, 
Maybe you know I have a lot of favorite verses, so this is one of my favorite verses, um, Ephesians two eight, and it says, uh, "It's Paul talking to the church of Ephesus, and he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing; it is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast, for." And 10 goes on to say, for we, are what, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand in, I mean, to be our way of life. So one of the things I find interesting is that it took me forever to get this. And then when I did get this, it blew my mind. It was just like one of those things that was like, it just clicked. And, uh, but it, it's also strange now how I deal with this talk, to deal with this because of all the deconstruction that has happened in my life since then. So it's like, how does this verse work and continue to work in my life? And uh, that's a struggle. But for grace, but for grace we have been saved through faith. It's actually, this verse is in an MXPX song called Legal, uh, I can't remember what the, I'm the bad guy I think is the name of the song. And it says, legalistic people suck. Legalism makes me sick. Wonder what makes it tick. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, Ephesians 2.8.9. <laughs> Say by grace, not by works. But no, so no one can boast. But I was thinking about the, see, one of the things I was thinking about was when this, when this, verse first came to the to Ephesus in this letter and they're sitting there and it's saying you're saved by grace not by works and all these people have been so focused on works and what you should do and days and holidays and violence and all you know I mean stoning people who are caught in adultery you know doing all this crazy stuff and then all of a sudden it's saying it's not about this anymore it's not about those things anymore. It's about, you know, a lot of people see grace as a license to do nothing, and it's not that. It's because it says, it goes on to say to do the things that we're created to do, but in 10. But it's, it's this, it's this f- freedom from all these things that are tied down people to bondage and it's one of those things that I just don't know if we can grasp how revolutionary this really was for people and how really revolutionary it can be for us and still there's people who are tied up in so much legalism in so much and been hurt so much by religious people who don't understand these verses um and I saw that when I it was uh, when we had our talk at the Sacred Collective this past not this past Thursday but the Thursday before, and uh, just hearing about people's different experiences at churches and where they've been going through, and it's still it's just shocking to me that like Ephesians two eight nine is still you know saved by grace not by works is still something that people need to hear. And uh, it's just easy for us to take take it for granted. 
for me, it took me a long time to believe this. Um, but man, when I got it, I remember I, that's when I started going through making all our legalism sucks t-shirts. <laughs> legalism destroys buttons. I mean, we, you know, I went on this whole kick of just like no more legalism. And I mean, I remember calling my dad in the middle of the night being like, I can't believe this, you know? Why didn't anybody talk about this growing up? Why did I spend 20 some odd years growing up in the church and no one was talked about this? You know, they maybe sang the words Amazing Grace, but they never brought up the idea that we were saved by grace and that, you know, there was nothing we could do and that we couldn't brag about it and it had nothing to do with us. And I guess I'll try to get into the Q&A here sooner than later because I think it's interesting because I want to ask people questions about this. I want to ask the cues today. Um, I debated bringing in microphones, but since we do the afterglow, I didn't want to step on the toes of the afterglows. <laughs> um, in Romans 3... I was going to talk about the books I've been reading, too. Maybe we'll do that in a minute. I had this whole plan for the opening of the sermon, and I've totally dropped the ball. Forgot. Romans uh, 3. My Bible doesn't want to turn there for some reason. I've done it again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> young legal, the young, young reformed, young and reformed and restless. Um, it says, since all have sinned, all fall short of God's glory, all fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is Christ Jesus. Um, so Paul covered this topic a lot in different areas and in the different books, and it was always about what Jesus did, and always that we've been set free from the law, we've been given grace, and I like this, it says, Sir, for all have sinned, all fall short. And I think it's good news to realize that we all do fall short in different ways, and that's Okay. Um, but in my mind, it's like, it's okay for everybody else, but me, you know, it's okay for everybody else to fall short, but for me to fall short, hmm, not okay. And so what do I do? I say bad things to myself and I condemn myself and we do that. And I think a lot of us fall into that idea. And we have to remember is that, you know what, we all make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Um, but luckily that has nothing to do with our salvation. And it doesn't, should not affect how our faith grows. Because it's okay. We're, we're not justified by the mistakes or the lack of mistakes or the more major mistakes we make. It's by grace. It's a gift. You can't do anything for that gift. You can't serve certain laws. You can't be good enough. You can't 
do things. And um, the new perspective on Paul, which I'm not totally familiar with, but I'm getting a little bit more familiar with reading um, this book by Derek Flood. Um, title wrong. That was close. Close call there. Almost knocked my drink over. <laughs> that would have been a total grace moment. Um, Disarming Scripture by Derek Flood. I'm reading this really great book, and uh, I highly recommend it. I've been quoting it some on Twitter lately. And it talks a little bit about the new perspective of Paul, which I was a little bit hesitant with originally because it takes away some of the more Lutheran ideas of Paul, which I love. And so I didn't want to do that. Um, Brian, are you familiar with the new perspective? No. Yeah, it's probably not that new to think about. <laughs> there people have had different ideas of Paul. But one of the things he talks about is how it takes away from the violence of how Paul and Jesus took, you know, took the violence out of the scriptures and redefined the scriptures and how that was what Paul was doing when he was renouncing the law was a lot of the violence of the law. Um, and that's just stuff I never even thought about. You know, I, I mean, I guess I'd thought about it, but, I did, you know, you weren't growing up being like, yeah, you're supposed to stone this person if they do that, or you're supposed to, you know, punish a person like that. You know, there was a lot of violence in the Old Testament. And so a lot of the idea of the grace is that it's setting you free from this violent message that was there. You know, it's saying you're not... These laws weren't just laws of dietary restrictions. These were laws that hurt people and affected people. And for me, caused me to question my faith sometimes. You know, be like, how can I serve a God that, you know, ordered genocide? But what they're saying is that wasn't God. That was people. You know, and uh, they're, 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 they're even, it's funny because the Old Testament grows and changes and things like that. And so where some people give it credit to God, then later in the Old Testament, it'll be like, let's talk about the same thing that happened. And they'll be like, the evil one or Satan. You know, you don't hear much about Satan in the Bible, in the Old Testament, more about the New Testament. But there was a time where the everything good and bad was credited to God. And Jesus and Paul changed that. Anyway, that's a side note, kind of off on a rant. Once again, I just want to remember, recommend that book, Disarming Scripture by Derek Flood. Um, goes on to say, Whom God put forward in sacrifice of atonement by his blood effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness be because his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins of previously committed, which is pretty amazing when... when uh, in New Living, it said, I did not punish those who sinned in former times. Uh, it was proven at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he has justified the one who has faith in Jesus. Then I want to get on to 27. 
then what becomes of boasting? Is it excluded by what law? By that of works? No, but the by the law of faith. For we hold the person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. So it just continues to go on and reiterate that whole part. It goes on to say, Or is God the God of Jews only? No. Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one and his will justifies the circumcised and the grounds of faith of their uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. So, kind of confusing. But it's saying only, in fact, when we have faith can we truly fulfill the law. And the idea here is fulfillment, that it's been fulfilled, that it's been met, and that everything has changed. And for these people who are listening to this 2,000 years ago, this is revolutionary, mind-boggling stuff. For some of us who maybe grew up more mainline denomination, it's like, oh, yeah, grace. Yeah, we're saved by grace. That's a cool idea. You know, and then by us who grew up evangelical, we've heard, oh, that's a slippery slope. You know, you got to balance that out with, you know, good deeds and works and by what you don't do. It became like, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that. Um, <laughs> and then for people like me who grew up that way, that was the law. You know, it wasn't strict adherence to Judaism. It was be good or God's going to hit you on the head, you know, be good or God doesn't love you. That was my law. And so it's strange how it works to still works to redeem people and set people free from even man-made laws that we recreate because we can't stand not having rules and regulations. And uh, people want their faith to come with a rule book. And the more I've learned about the Bible, the more I've realized it's more complicated than I thought. It's harder to understand. And we have to use our own, we have to use our own judgment as well when we're reading it. Even though people say, lean not on your own understanding, be careful, it's a slippery slope. You know, um, but with verses like love versus, you know, love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself, you really have to 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 see the Bible through those lenses um, because there's times where that's not met. And that's what the ultimate meaning is. That's the ultimate me- that's the ultimate measure of the law. The whole law is summed up in those two commandments is love God with all your heart and equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. That's what Jesus says. Those are the two most important. And so we have to realize that human beings wrote this Bible, and when that's not being met, it's time for us to go, hmm. Um, Bibolatry is is one of the words I think of often. (laughs) When when I think of how we've allowed this book to rule our lives. Because for me, I get crisis of faith, not because of what I experience every day or not because I have to love my neighbor as myself, but because what it might say about women or slaves or what it might not say. 
you know? And I go, oh, that makes me really uncomfortable. How can I follow that? And the thing is, is I don't follow that, you know? Because I love God with all my heart and my neighbor as myself. Because I see past that because I'm not stuck in this customs. I'm not stuck in this time. I'm not stuck in a situation where people were used to just going along with what was happening. Things have evolved. Things have uh, continued to evolve and continue to grow. Um, But I also want to talk about Colossians. It's a little cold in this room, isn't it? (laughs) You'd think it was 70 degrees outside. I'm not finding my Colossians. There it is. (laughs) The dyslexic pastor. Always fun time. Colossians 1. And this is, we go back to this this message of grace and the message that I would want 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 my kids to hear, want people to grow up with. Uh, I wish I would have heard earlier in my life. Um, 18 says hold on let me make sure I got this right eighteen says he is the head of the body in the church he is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood on the cross. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him. It's basically saying... You stand before God, holy and blameless, without a single fault. That would be the New Living Translation. Um, Because of what Christ did. So now we are are born into, at this time in our lives, grace. Born into mercy. You know, born into holiness and blamelessness. I have on my arm a tattoo that says blameless sinner and it has this verse it's Colossians 1:22 next to it because I was like, well, you know, I wanted forgiven and my tattoo artist was like, you could be a little more creative than that, you know. And I was like, well, what, where where could I where could I get that? And I Remembered, I've been made holy and blameless as you stand warm without a single fault. These are the verses that used to get me in trouble. You know, I remember speaking this stuff at different festivals across the country, more evangelical festivals, and people being like, I mean, literally from the audience, being like, come on, I can't believe that. What are you talking? Be careful, you know. I remember I said holiness isn't something that you can long for because it's given to you. And that was what you've been 
you know, because it says you've been made holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. And uh, that, that was when the guy goes, come on! I was like, oh. And I like, was like, no. And I was like, this, uh, I use the scripture, and I argued with him. And then I found out that it was the guy who booked all the speakers. So that was my destiny, <laughs> taken care of at that festival. Um, because people don't want to accept they're holy and blameless. We're holy and blameless people. And, you know, what I found out is we do bad things, all fall short. But yet, God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. So what do we do with that? You know, it, it makes me think of that we're, we're not punished for our sins, but by them. You know, by what we do cause and effect um, yeah you know these are the verses of grace that give me hope these are the verses of mercy that give me hope and uh, I hope they give you some too I'm going to pray real quick and then we'll close the show Lord we thank you for your grace and your mercy ask to continue to allow us to accept that we're accepted and to see others as accepted and loved as well and that this grace may allow us to love people better and to love more and, uh, you know, and learn to love ourselves more as well. And uh, if you love us, just, just if you love us so much, how, you know, how can we become, how, how, how can we not learn to love ourselves? So we ask for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, real quick before we end, um, we're nonprofit, and we'd rather have you than your money, so don't think that. We want your money. It's more, we'd rather have you here. But we take an offering here every week, and that's how we continue to keep this thing going. But also, for those folks online, if you'd like to give, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and uh, find the donation button, or you can go onto our Facebook, and there's a donation button there too. But uh, So if you consider this church and you get something out of it, we'd love uh, to have your support so we can continue to do the work that we do. And uh, if you don't have it, don't worry about it, because we'd rather have you than that. So, thank you and uh, for coming. This has been Revolution Church. Thanks for coming. <laughs>